Hello, friends. This week's sponsor is Whole Mission. Giovanni and Lauren Vitali started Whole Mission in an effort to help couples connect with natural family planning Marquette Method instructors more easily and to support instructors with the administrative work of teaching. Their main philosophy? Married life and natural family planning aren't always easy, so why not make them a little bit simpler? At Whole Mission, you can learn to chart your fertility simply and objectively with a healthcare professional teacher. Using the latest research and technology, your instructors will help you navigate the highs, lows, and peaks of natural family planning with confidence and a 98% effectiveness rate using the Marquette method of natural family planning. Classes at Whole Mission are recommended for single women desiring to understand their health, engaged couples preparing for marriage, postpartum moms seeking to simplify their charting routine, women in perimenopause who are getting ready for new changes, and more. Since each class is taught exclusively by a healthcare professional, you can be assured that you will receive personalized instruction to fit your situation, even irregular cycles. At Whole Mission, you can find an instructor who's been there, who's Catholic, and who wants to support the whole you, including the intricate and beautiful gift of your fertility. Find out more about Whole Mission's model for whole person health education at www.thewholemission.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi friends, welcome to the Abiding Together podcast season 13 and we are delighted to be with you on this adventure and I know that the Lord is going to do wonderful things in all of our hearts. The Abiding Together podcast is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself in the world, wherever you find yourself in your life, you are most welcome here. And we know that the Lord will speak to you. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I am joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life. We speak about our sorrowful mysteries, our joyful mysteries, and how the Lord is leading us in it all. And you are most welcome right here, right here. So please grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, and welcome to week two of Advent and our second part of the Read of God. We hope that the first week has blessed you. We know there's a lot of content, and we just want to invite you once again just to settle into whatever would bless you and to go deeply into the words of Carol Houselander. So Heather and Michelle, Heather, how's it going? You had a late night last night, didn't you? You just got back. Yeah, just flew back in from Franciscan University. We went there to see our kids for Thanksgiving and we hadn't all been together since May. So it was wow. just so good to be mm-hmm. together and and then also to be with that community and be at liturgies there and to pray with them and laugh with them. It was just such a great trip. But yes, we got in really late last night and now it's still dark outside and is 630 this morning. So, <laughs> but sister, you and I are on the same time zone. So it's very early for you as well. We yeah. Are. What are you doing? Yeah, we are. I'm in Portland for the healing the whole person with Dr. Bob Schutz. Yeah. So where there's Archbishop Sample is hosting us out of Portland and they're expecting over 1300 people wow. to be at wow. the healing the whole person. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. We had almost a hundred priests and seminarians yesterday at the day of reflection. So yeah, by the time this airs, it'll be long over, but yeah, it's just delightful. It's like nice to be back in the Pacific Northwest and it's going to rain today. Mm. Which is favorite, so. <laughs> it's perfect. And then Michelle's at a beach house. So it's cold. <laughs> like last night I had a little ice on my car. I'm like, what is this foreign substance that is on my car? <laughs> like people because it's such a wet cold here. So yeah, it was good. But yeah, we went up to Northern Kentucky for Thanksgiving and had a blast with all of the cousins and the in-laws and all of that. And yeah, so it was a really, really good time. 
Yeah. So now we're back in the groove and mm-hmm. Advent is upon us, friend. Well, let's continue with part two of Read of God. And the scripture that is guiding this particular part is from the Gospel of John. And he writes, all things were made by him and without him was made nothing that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And that's from the prologue of the gospel of John, which is so beautiful. And one of my favorites. Yes. Oh my gosh. That used to be read at the end of every mass. I'm not sure people know that after Vatican II, that kind of fell away. Really? Yes. That the prologue of the gospel of John was the last thing that was read at the end of every mass. And Mm. I wish it wouldn't be amazing if they brought that back, like right before the final Mm. blessing, they just proclaimed the prologue over over the people. It would just be amazing. So awesome. It's such a powerful, there's so much in there. There's such a powerful, powerful word from the gospel of John. And uh, we want to just give you two quotes also before we dive in where Carol Hauslander on page 72, she writes, only Christ bearers can restore the world to life and give humanity back the vitality of love. And then from page 83, our lady gave humanity to God as she gave the water to Christ at Cana to be changed into wine. So, oh, there's so much richness here. So Michelle, do you want to kick us off? What are some things that stick out to you as we journey into part two? Yeah, I think the beginning of it, starting with Mary giving Jesus his humanity and just that beautiful connection between mother and son and how, yeah, just the whole idea of the incarnation. There's something about Carol Haslander's writing. It's very beautiful and it's very poetic, but it also makes you Mm -hmm. think of things that you've never thought about before when it comes to the incarnation. And I was thinking about when I first read it, I was like, man, okay, we already knew like the saying like, all right, Jesus has skin in the game, but I'm thinking to myself in a new way, like, my heart just goes out to Mary in a, in a way that it has never before. Like, man, yes. Like she just was, her fiat was so strong. Like what she said yes to. And I was thinking, I really hate the Christmas song, Mary, did you mm. know? Like, There's so, like a big yeah. bitter debate over that. Of course she knew. No, she didn't know. Oh, it was so funny. It's like talking about bitter devices. And, and then I'm thinking to myself last time, like, what did she know? Like, what exactly? I mean, because if you were to know the whole thing, I think like sometimes I think God only unfolds things in seasons and like oh, partial, because mm-hmm. if you saw the whole picture, it'd be like, we would get overwhelmed. So that's, I really was thinking, mm-hmm. I'm like, what exactly did she know? Like in his humanity and everything like stuff, but I don't really like the song. So anyway. I digress. That was going to be my one thing for the week, but now I can't. So I'm just totally kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> I'm going to say, sister. Yeah. I mean, even I, that, that struck me too, Michelle, and especially his willingness to be dependent yes. on humanity. I mean, just what submissiveness he reveals to us, you know, I mean, it's just incredibly beautiful. All right. Dogs barking in the background. They He's like, it's, it is moment. beautiful, um, man. Give it up. Give it up. Give the bark. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me just say before we, yeah, before we go any further, I just want to say, I know that everybody has different copies and versions of this book. So <laughs> when we say pages, it might not be the same page that you have, but just know this is in part two. <laughs> you could go search for it in there. But one of the things just initially that stuck out to me is for me on page 62. And it says, if such is the beauty of the world to ordinary children, what must have been, what must it have been like? to the mother of God, when her whole being was folded upon the unborn Christ within her. He was completely her own, utterly dependent upon her. She was his food and his warmth and rest, his shelter Mm -hmm. from the world, his shade from the sun. She was the shrine of the sacrament, the four walls and the roof of his home. Mm -hmm. And yet she must have longed to hold him between her hands and look into his human face and see in it, in the face of God, 
a family likeness to herself. I'm just like, oh my, oh my goodness. Like the dependence that he submitted himself to out of love for us is just so striking in this. But also just like, yeah, like Mary would look at his face and see herself there. Like Mm -hmm. what? Like this is just so staggering what God does, especially with how people expected God to come, like mm-hmm. with strength and power and reigning and lordship. And and he is all of those things. Like he, he is all of those things, yet he comes here dependent and small. So it was very striking. I, I was really touched by that as well. And part of the section of this, or part, one of the sections of this part is at homo factus est, which means, and he became man. And I was thinking of how often we are afraid of our own humanity. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of our humanity. We're afraid of other people's humanity. And Jesus is so fully, he's the one who's fully human. And we're, we, I mean, for us, dependence terrifies us or being vulnerable terrifies us or the places we don't have control is terrifying for us. And yet we see something very different in, in Jesus and Mary. And I was also thinking of, I'm obviously I'm not a, a biological mother like y'all are, but as a spiritual mother, but I, it was also very beautiful. A couple pages after that, what you read, Heather, Carol Halsander writes, many mothers try to shield their children from the common life mm. to give them a sheltered upbringing. So to shield them from all the risks of sickness or pain or poverty that they are shielded from vitality and the experience of living. They hate to see them grow or experience anything that will make them independent. Sometimes a possessive mother even grudges a child his dream kingdom. And you're like, oh my gosh, like we see that tendency in all of us as women, I think particularly of, of there's a beauty of that, of wanting to protect, but also out of our own fears or out of our own lack of control, we want to control others. And it's just how often have we all done that? I think as women, I mean, men too, but like maybe not with children, but with other people, like we're afraid that if their dreams or their heart might take them away from us and we're going to lose something, even though we know that's what they need to do. And so we, we often manipulate or possess to try to take for ourselves and it just never works. And it's just so destructive. And I, you would just think of our lady of, in, in whatever she knew, <laughs> whatever she knew of having to continue to release him back to God because he was not her possession, but a gift mm. given. And that, that is so, that is literally crucifying at times. It's so hard. Oh, it is. And I think what is the fine line between being a nurturing source for your child and then making comfort an idol for your chi- their child and not allowing them to face the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. I think there's that tension that you come into. But what they are, she was even talking about here is like, all right, the call of the kingdom of God on Jesus is a continuing letting go and surrendering of mm-hmm. Mary. And just realizing now, even in the, the, like, I mean, this resonated so deeply with just where I am in a, my mothering journey right now. And really realizing that motherhood really is just a lesson of continuing to let go, you know, whatever stage that they are in, it is a continuing of surrender and trust and letting go. And where like, I want to so badly cling in some areas or grasp instead of just surrender and release my children to the Mm -hmm. presence of the Holy Spirit and everything. But I want, man, I want to cling and I want to control. I mean, it is something so natural in me. Like, let me figure it out. Let me take care of it. You know, let me do this. Mm -hmm. And some ways beautiful, in some ways I have to admit a little bit disordered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. The Lord's really putting his finger on that. And so what are your thoughts, Heather? Yeah. I mean, I remember clearly, I think I've shared this before, but uh, when my kids were younger and I was having a conversation with the Lord about this very thing and I was like, I don't want to see them hurting and I want to stop Mm -hmm. like anything that I can see that's coming towards them. Like, doesn't, isn't that what a good mother does, Mm -hmm. Lord? Isn't that 
you know, and he said to me just very clearly as I was like putting toys in the toy bin, I remember the exact place I was. And he said, Heather, you need to let them experience me as a savior. Mm -hmm. And if you save them from everything, then they will have no need for me. And even in just very tangible ways, and we know this, like that unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it cannot have life. There's a cracking open that needs to occur for life to come, like the pressing of the wine, the breaking, the, and everybody that we look to as an example that we, I think, are inspired by their life has mm-hmm. experienced suffering mm-hmm. and brokenness and has allowed transformation to occur. And that means that for transformation to occur, that it wasn't great at the beginning and needed to become something. And I think the becoming of our children is a very painful process to watch. It can also be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's some really glorious, beautiful moments in that. But it also is, yeah, mistakes need to be made. And Jesus needs to come and heal and restore. And will we allow him to do that? Or are we going to try to like buffer every mm-hmm. you know hardship that comes towards them? So mm-hmm. yeah, I love this part where Carol Hauslander is talking about Mary giving humanity to God and, and a body Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and in giving him a body, he asked for hands and feet to be nailed. She said, he asked for flesh to be scourged. He asked for blood to be shed. He asked for a heart to be broken. And this is what she gave to him. And I'm like, like that part was really made Mm -hmm. me tear up. Actually. It was so beautiful. Isn't, can we just talk about Carol Hauslander's style of writing? Like she, part of her chapter, she literally has poetry, but the whole thing is poetry. It is. It is beautiful. It's so lyrically beautiful Mm -hmm. of how she writes. It's just like, I had to, it's just been going through a lot of just emotional turmoil lately and a deeper purification of the Lord opening some very tender places of my heart that I'm really only now able to look at. And and the Lord asked me to take responsibility for certain things that also grieve certain things. And so I was up at like 4.30 in the morning reading this and I, I, w- I was like, oh, I, I need this. I don't know about y'all, but I need the read of God <laughs> right now, mm-hmm. just <laughs> of what she's saying. And I just had to put the book down and just, just like relish in her writing and just the beauty of it. And it's like a, yeah, like a beautiful spring storm that brings all the sense of a new season with it. It's just so, gosh, just so incredibly, it's just so incredibly lovely. It's it's the kind of writing you don't want to rush through that you just want to kind of sit there with it. And I, I, I like also in that, in that section where she says that, because, so I was thinking of back to what you both were saying that the, um, the temptation then is if sometimes we go to the other extreme, if we can't control or we can't protect, or we can't, you know, in a sense of like, stop things from happening. I think the other extreme is to become completely detached in a way that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so we just try to shut our mm-hmm. hearts down or numb our hearts and then, then it won't hurt as much. And, and so her beauty of what she's saying about what our lady does, she says, there was no trace of indifference or detachment in an unholy way in our lady's attitude. She was not indifferent to Christ's suffering there was something that she was deeply aware of, which made her more ready for it. It was this, the little shivering mite in the manger was her own flesh and blood. Her advent work was done. She had formed Christ of her own life and herself. And now that she had brought him forth, she lived with him quite literally. Her life was in Christ. Therefore, there could never be anything he suffered that she did not. He would suffer and she with him. Everyone has a right to the loneliness of his own sorrow. And there, that unity in that is so that's hard. It's like, Oh, that means I'm going to, I'm going to suffer. My heart's going to be filleted. My heart's going to be pierced. And, and it's amazing how often we try to mitigate against that, isn't it? In the smallest ways that we take the myrrh or we turn aside. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to feel that. 
I don't want to watch my, that person suffer the consequences, or I don't want to feel what it's like to have that person walk away or to, you know, step into their kingdom. And it's, uh, it's like, it's always goes back to the union within, okay, Jesus, you know, tell me who you are, tell me who I am, because then I can live from there. Oh, yeah. I love that passage that you just read, sister. That's so beautiful. And then she brings us into the second part, the fogue. How would you say that? The, the fugue. The mm-hmm. fugue. No, it's a musical composition, it, it, like a short melody or phrase. And, it's, and yeah, so it's, it's part of, of music, but that's, it's the fugue. Which I love it because she highlights the beauty of Mary's fiat, but she uses it. I love the whole metaphor and the imagery she uses of music in this chapter. I mean, in this part, like to bring it up forth a life. And it totally reminded me, you know, I think it's both Tolkien and C.S. Lewis in Narnia and Tolkien both felt like God, the creator sung the world into existence, you know, and it just reminds me of mm-hmm. that even that scripture in Zephaniah, like he is singing over you. He is delighting in you. Like, what is it? And the whole just imagery of delight in this part, you know, and wonder and awe of just creation and the Lord's creation. And I was absolutely captivated by this and just the what the Lord is just calling us into this season. And isn't that what Advent is? Like it is that there's a sense of, with Advent Christmas, there's a sense of wonder. There's a childlike wonderness of it all. And so I think this is a beautiful invitation. Not only is the Holy Spirit inviting us into the wonder, but he's inviting us to see our humanity as a gift and not a burden. That the wonder and awe comes through our humanity, not despite our humanity. And to really embrace that in the new and incarnate, incarnational ways that we haven't before. So I loved this part in particular. And uh, to be honest, I just want to say to our listeners, if you feel like you're getting lost a little bit or it's too much for you, just go slower, Mm -hmm. just go slower. Like last night I was on a plane and like there was, I was like super engaged and then I started to feel tired. And then I was like, wait, this isn't making sense anymore. And I had to go back and I was like, it's okay to just go slow, Mm -hmm. you know? And the slower I went, I was like, ah, and there's something even about what she's saying here. Like, using the the analogy of music there's a pacing that i think we have to get in sync with with the lord and there are times of silence like she's talking about like how how the first silence and the rhythm that moved forward to the visibility of christ coming his life coming into the world and how sometimes we don't like those times in our life mm-hmm. where things are silent or where there's mm-hmm. rest or they're quieter. And that can scare us because we're like, we we just want movement. And that gives us sort of a sense of security of like, well, if things are the same all the time, then I can just anticipate what's coming and I can feel safer in that. And so to recognize, like, I, I love, she says here, once again, the music is measured by silence. Mm. Christ is in the tomb as he was in his mother's womb. And this is part of the rhythm, like that there are moments of silence. And so I think that even just that is a deep meditation that all of us can take is like, where are the places where the Lord is wanting us to just stay in silence for a while? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And what is he doing? Because he's never inactive. You know, it's not like in the silence that God removes himself and he's detached and doesn't care. He's like, wait, you guys just wait here. I'm going to go do some <laughs> other stuff. Like he is always moving, loving pouring out like love is always on the move in our hearts and so mm-hmm. i think those places tend to be fearful places mm-hmm. and areas that we are invited to grow in trust yeah and she's literally like you're saying both of you sets the whole sets the whole thing to music and she says in the beginning the love song of god is a folk song <laughs> So I great, thought that was know? great. Because remember, remember, remember last year when we talked about our Spotify wrapped? Remember that when we were talking about our <laughs> Yes, that was so funny. 
<laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about that because that came out recently. Like, oh, what is Spotify going to tell me now? You know, and it's just, yeah. So she speaks about that, about the folk song. And she said, the folk song is the telling of the whole world story through the singing of one man's heart. Mm. The word of God uttered in Christ's human life is a folk song. And I'm like, I, well, I like folk music, mm. so I think it's really cool. But isn't that true that it, it is, it is the song and it's why we love it. It's, it's, yeah, it's the beauty of, of the incarnation. It's the beauty of revelation. And I love that she keeps talking about the power of the Holy spirit, that our lady truly is a spouse of the Holy spirit. And it's her through, we, we learn from her how to become fertile and fruitful through union with the Holy Spirit, because there's no fruit without union. So union always precedes any fruit. And so I was really praying the Holy Spirit. I know, Michelle, you talk about that a lot. It's like, I was really praying the Holy Spirit, like, all right, you know, unite me more deeper to you, prune, trim, plant new seeds, like bring my heart closer to you. So we truly live our life as Christians, as Catholics. Mm. And that was one of my favorite parts, actually, where she says on, on my book, it is page 73. And she says, only Christ bearers can restore the world to Mm -hmm. life and give humanity back the vitality of love. No league or conference or committee or group can put life into the world. It can only be born into the world. Come on, preach it, Carol. It can only be born into the world and only individuals can give birth and we can give birth to Christ only by unity with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, wow, there are so many things that we try to do even in the spiritual life or in our parishes or whatever that are just actually void of relationship with the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. And this is the whole point. You know, we've talked about this like a billion times on this podcast that the goal is union. And this is not just the end goal. And then we wait for that to occur, you know, until we get to heaven. But it is now like that this union and relationship are supposed to be lived out now. And that's one of the reasons why I love theology, the body, you know, and just like using the, the image, like the, the icon of marriage and the sexual relationship and what it's supposed to be, to be an image of this deep union and intimacy that God desires with us, mm-hmm. where his life comes into us and it gets born into the world, you know, that that's the fruit of our, our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, mm-hmm. what were you going to say? Yeah, I was really thinking about it. I mean, you know me, I love garden imagery and anything with like seed and soil and all of that. I mean, that's one of the ways the Lord speaks to me, but I was even thinking about the seed and just the lowliness of it in our humanity and mm-hmm. just where the Lord has me at this time. And, and I've, reflected on it before in the last couple of months, but I was thinking about it, especially this week, like, okay, Lord, if we are made in your image and likeness, you know, and there's a characteristics of you that I don't have, or I'm not displaying in my life, fruit that is not good, that seed is there in me because it is already in me. It just not, has not been nourished, you know, or fertilized, or it, it needs nutrients because it's there in me. Something is making it dormant, not to grow. So what do I need to ha- like create this fruit of the spirit in me to grow? Because I was thinking it's in there, like it's just not mm-hmm. fruitful. <laughs> so, Oh, yeah, because if I made in his image and likeness and that is there and that's what and that would really even hit home because mm-hmm. even Mary like is with us in that like she needs to, and I'm thinking to myself, am I trying to do it with my own will or do I need to allow Mary to mother this part with me with the Holy Spirit and bring it to fruition, you know, and that's a good yeah, word. so I was just like, huh, like, OK, how do I make room for this area to grow you know, because it is not growing Mm -hmm. in my life and it is not fruitful. So yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful. I mean, and like we've reiterated a hundred times, this is a lot. 
each part. Like you all, we were going to actually record two episodes today and we're like, we can't, it's too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we need to ponder (laughs) more. Like we can't, we can't rush through this. Like it's just something beautiful, you know? And so just whatever like is illuminated to you, stick with that, you know, and go at the pace of the Holy Spirit when it comes to really praying and discerning what the Lord is calling you to this Advent season. Yeah. I, I, I think so often we, we really dislike the things that God has made within us. How can we dislike something God has made? We dislike our bodies. Like she uses that example of the woman who doesn't, who eat, like just numbs herself, who wants to numb away the pain or the pleasure. And gosh, you know, we're so often at war within our own selves and, and Jesus comes to, to unite us, to bring us into wholeness and communion. And yeah, for, for especially like what you both are saying, where is it that our lady, all of us need a mama, you know, where, where, where is she mothering you and I? And where is it, where are we afraid to be mothered? Let's be very honest. Mm-hmm. Where are the parts of us that are afraid to surrender to a mother? And that might, you know, obviously as stories of our own or just maybe experiences of broken femininity or what we think motherhood may or may not mean, or some sorrowful mysteries of our life, but where do we ache to be mothered and where are we afraid to be mothered? And I think bringing both of those things to our lady, this Advent season will be tremendously fruitful because she only, she doesn't hurt us. She only blesses us. And she would love for us to know the, the beauty mm. of her love. Mm. That's lovely. Well, that's a lot of food for thought, friends. So we want to invite you to take whatever resonates with you and just allow the Holy Spirit to continue to open those places of your heart and maybe some discussions with some good friends or your prayer time as well, especially with the Lord to journal a bit or take a nice walk in nature and just let him speak to you. So Heather Kim, second week of Advent, my friend, what is your one thing for the week? Well, this is the time of year when things, we start cooking around Mm. here. We start baking around here, you know, we're getting the stuff ready for Christmas. It's part of the preparation, let's be honest. (laughs) So last year I shared my mom's coconut jam tarts, which if you don't, if you didn't see that recipe, you need to go back because honestly it is the best thing that we have, especially if you're a coconut fan, it's so, so good. So this year I'm going to put a classic Canadian recipe. They're called butter tarts. It's almost like a mini pecan pie without the pecans. It has raisins instead, (laughs) but my kids said, why don't we skip the raisins? Cause I hate raisins and put pecans (laughs) in it. Literally both options just like blow Mm. me away. So that's going to be in there. But then also I've been looking at all these stovetop potpourri things. Like Michelle, you were talking about a scent in your home. And I think like, especially at Christmas time, it's so nice oh, to agree. even just turn on the stove and have something simmering and like a nice smell. So I'm going to put one of those in the show notes for you all. Ooh, Michelle, thank you. what's your one thing? I have two one things. First of all, I would love to thank all the religious and priests who called to check on me about the Auburn, Alabama game. It was really actually funny. Mm-hmm. I was telling Chris how many priest and real sisters like are you okay are you breathing you know father mark mary is like are you all right are you okay father john's like man that was rough like everyone i was like i told chris like i had all these priests and religious it was tragic and so i even watched that game wow i was in america and when you're in america you do those things (sighs) you know and so anyway but thank you for the emotional support of college football that it is (laughs) yeah and so anyway and my second thing is y'all it's a commercial it is from chevrolet and it is a Christmas commercial. And I'll even tear up talking about it. It is about, I was like, it is the best stinking like five minute commercial you've ever seen. And it reminds me like of the beginning of Up, that little montage that they do. But it oh. is about a woman that has Alzheimer's and her daughter, granddaughter brings her on a drive in the old like Chevrolet truck. 
and to the different parts and she's distant. And it gets, it just struck so deeply with me because my mother-in-law just passed away almost two years ago of Alzheimer's and was very similar to this woman. And so I actually sent it to all my sister-in-laws and my husband and my sister-in-laws are like, now I'm crying at my desk at work at 8.30 a.m. But it's just um, <laughs> just a beautiful part of love and humanity and what we're talking about in this chapter, like that you can hold both the joy and the sorrow mm-hmm. all at once and allow yourself to feel both at once and see the beauty and just the sorrow of our humanity together. So I will post. And y'all, when y'all watch it, have tissues. You need tissues. It's, yeah. Well, mm. Yeah, that, that's going to break me probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sister, what about you? Oh, my one f- my one thing for the week really is just the simple joys of this time of year, like the simple joys of Advent and it's the decorations we have and the Advent wreath and the candlelight and little sparkly things and like the nice scents in the kitchen and getting together with friends and maybe it's piling in the car and going to look at Christmas lights in another neighborhood or just something like that. And I, they're just fun. It's just, it's just fun. I, you know, people like by, you know, after Christmas and then middle of January, you know, everything's over with, and then it's like just cold and snow, they're like, boo, but <laughs> right now it's fun. And so boo. it's just a, yeah, a great little thing to, to enjoy. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to miss those small things because of my quote unquote to-do list. I don't want to miss that. So I'm really myself going to really make sure that I try to take time and just notice and just to relish in little simple things and thank God for that. So it's beautiful. Well, dear friends, thank you so much for joining us uh, for our second Advent week here of the Read of God. Once again, you can find the show notes, you can find all the questions, you can find everything you need um, there and on the website. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. All right. God bless y'all. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.